Welcome to the Peter Gabbett Podcast, folks. I am your host, Peter Timothy Hankst. And today is December 28th, 2019. We are a couple days away from New Year's Eve. The party of the century, I'm sure you have plans. I personally do not accept. I have a huge eighth of mushrooms waiting to be eaten. I'm going to fry my balls off for New Year's Eve. Yeah, that's right, folks. A 33-year-old man frying on mushrooms. What am I going to do? I don't know. Hopefully I'll have somebody taking care of all my major responsibilities because I'm going to be blasted. My family and I have our own language for everything like most do, but ours takes it to the new extreme. My mother would call underwear undies when I was young, and I guess that kind of stuck. But of course it evolved, and to it I added a GR making Grundies. Then that made us all think of Solomon Grundy from Batman, a lesser-known zombie-type character since he is gross and dirty. Kids especially, just like their undies, are disgusting too. Now, we don't even have to say undies at all. We just say Solomon, and we all know it means underwear. What in the actual F is wrong with all of us? Solomon Grundies. Pyrrhea, folks. I know I talked about tyrrhea from Thai food, but there's another that gets me every time, and it is pyrrhea. You know what? I can't help myself. When there's multiple pie options, I gotta get them all. And this time it was my fault because I ended the, the pie-arama with, you know, the most fruity of all, an apple pie. So I'm pretty sure that just sent my insides over the top, and I ended up with an inescapable case of pyrrhea. Hope you've never had it, because if you have, you're not even getting any nutrients, it's all sugar, and it's explosive. Pyrrhea, folks. Beware. Take one slice at a time. Wax and dabs, ladies and gentlemen. I will take them for free, otherwise that shit is whack. You gotta have a whole nother type of bong, and a titanium nail, and a blowtorch. Now, it just seems to me like I'm smoking drugs when I'm pulling out a blowtorch and heating up a titanium nail. I mean, when we were kids, the most extreme we got was gravity bongs and third lungs. By the way, if you don't know what a third lung is, I believe I took part in creating this or expanding its knowledge base. A third lung is when you take a device, uh, I personally used either the top of a milk jug or the top of a three liter Big Fizz Cola. They used to sell these at Rite Aid. Maybe two liters and the only ones left, but there used to be a three liter. It was huge. You would cut off, you'd basically cut it in half, keeping the top portion with the little spout. Then you would tape a bread bag, because they're long, a bread bag to the outer rim of the three liter Big Fizz half cola that you've cut in half. And then tie a little handle on the end of the bread bag with the remaining little bit, and then you would push the bread bag reverse all the way in to the half three-liter Big Fizz bottle. You would put a bowl of any kind. You could even put the top back on the Big Fizz and then put a little hole in there and squeeze a bong stem in, and then it generally seals up on its own as long as it's a nice, perfect circle in the plastic and is not bigger than the bong stem, of course. Squeeze the bong stem in, load a bowl, deflate the bag into the three liter Big Fizz thing, spark a lighter, put, put it up against the weed, pull slowly on the third lung bag, or the, uh, you know, pull slowly on the bread bag as you 
fill the entire thing and have the Big Fizz soda container with smoke. And then after the bread bag's all the way out and you've sucked it all the way full of smoke like an accordion pulled out, you just take off the top, put your mouth on the Big Fizz top, huff as hard as you can, and the bread bag will shoot in there and flow all that smoke directly into your lungs, giving you an enormous rip of weed that's usually quite harsh because it's been sitting through plastic, two different kinds, and you smoked it out of a bong stem without any water, so that's pretty harsh too. But that was a third long, folks, and we hit that up fat if we wanted to get obliterated when I was young. Also, gravity bongs. Gravity bongs, I'm sure you've had them before. You just take a big jug of some kind and pretty much do the same thing I said with the bowl on top. And then you basically push the gravity bong down into the water. And then you light it up as you slowly pull it up out of the water. It'll suck all that smoke into it and replace the water with smoke. And then after it's full, you push it back down into the water as you huff and all that water going back into it forces the smoke back into your lungs. So there you have it, a third lung and a gravity bomb. That was the pretty much the most extreme we got when I was young, except there was a reverse gravity bong option. Now this one's a little lesser known. You'd have to be a true blue stoner to remember a thing called Sobe. You remember Sobe? I mean, where did Sobe go? We used to ding out a little piece of glass on the bottom of a sobe bottle and it would leave a perfect circle. So then you could do the bowl in the top just like I explained in the last two devices and fill the sobe bottle full of water while plugging that hole with your finger and then you light the lighter right above the weed, let go of the hole and as the water drains air sucks down and fills the sobe bottle full of smoke and then you're left with a perfect car with that hole at the bottom and you just huff all that smoke. Of course, then you've actually also huffed whatever was left in the Sobe bottle. And you know what? I'm not sure what that was because I'm pretty sure it went out of business on account of it being pure sugar, basically liquid diabetes. They're gone. Well, so be it. Old movie reviews, folks. Well, not really old, but classics. Uh, you know, when I say old, I'm only 33. So old to me can be a 90s movie and... You know, I guess it's still not that old considering movies go all the way back to the early 1900s. But these two movies are classics. I love them. I got roped into watching them last night. Not really roped in. It was just on TV. And so that's how easy it is to rope me in. Whole Nine Yards and Whole Ten Yards, both great. They got a great cast. You've got Bruce Willis and Matthew Perry. And, you know, it's clever, funny, intense, and even, I hardly ever use this word, a bit zany. I'm not going to lie. It's a bit zany. Bruce Willis is always amazing. Plus, this was during the golden years of Matthew Perry. Before, he looked like a white, fuzzy pile of moldy dog shit. Now that he is pretty much the sole reason for the delay of any type of Friends reunion, which we all want so much, I say screw him. Matthew Perry was once the funniest one of the Friends. Even as we watched his weight fluctuate with each passing season of Friends, he stayed hilarious to the bitter end. Get your washed-up ass together and show us that you are down for a reunion or a reboot of Friends. We all need this in our lives. 
friends was an integral and important portion of many of our lives. I have seriously met one or two people that say they hate the show Friends. I don't know who you are out there, but you're a weirdo. All right, Friends is awesome. Don't get me wrong. The greatest sitcom of all time is still Seinfeld. We all know this. Seinfeld was the best. But a close second is the show Friends. You know, Seinfeld made us laugh at all times. Never did I stop laughing while watching Seinfeld, but I was never full of different emotions. It was always the same comedy, 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 which I, I enjoy. But Friends, you know, it made you laugh. It made you cry. It made you happy. It made you everything. So way to go, Friends. And Matthew Perry, stop being a douche. And now for a new movie review and a children's movie at the same time. Yeah, that's right. It is the new Adams Family movie. Terrible. Not even close to as good as the original live-action version. I guess it was able to be taken to a new extreme given the fact that it's an animation, but I was very unimpressed with this movie overall. I give it a 4 out of 10, and only because one of my kids likes it. The original was so awesome. See that instead. Creepy Christina Ricci, even creepier Christopher Lloyd, and the most creepy of all, Angelica Houston. I mean, it gets no creepier than spelling your name Angelica with a J and Houston without an O. Crazy bitch! Adam's Family from the 1990s and Adam's Family Values is great too. Cartoon Adam's Family sucks heavy diesel. Now I'm sure you're all insanely interested to know that I have a very strict deuce-dropping regiment on a daily basis. I mean, every morning, same time, there it is. But there's one exception to this. And that is, if I'm a nervous wreck for something, and, you know, there's something important coming up, I feel like I got a deuce the whole time when I don't. And one specific circumstance regarding this exact scenario was when I attempted to be on The Price is Right. Yeah, that's right. I was in L.A., jumped into the CBS studios, and I decided to wait in line, do all that while they're watching you. You know, it's actually kind of crazy, because you go through, like, different levels of interview almost to see if you're worthy of being called upon to join Drew on stage. And one of the times I was sitting there, I just felt like I had to do so bad, although I didn't. It was just, I call it the nervous shadows is what I call it. Uh, you know, sometimes it does happen, but in this case, nothing, nothing. And, you know, they called me up to ask me a few questions about my life, whatever, and Man, I blurted things out so fast, the guy probably didn't even understand me. And I'm sure he wrote down on his little notepad that I should not be called up onto the Price is Right stage because I'm a weirdo. But uh, you know what? In the end, they put me in the front row. And I was highlighted throughout the entire episode as my beautiful face worked perfectly on their television show. Uh... Joking, of course. They didn't call me up because I am a freaking weirdo. And they took one look at me and they're like, this guy's a total douche. We ain't having him on stage. He'll screw everything up. So they ended up with the usual super loud and obnoxious, crazy, you know, screaming with their whole family black lady and, and really quiet, said not a word, but got called up anyways, super old white woman. And, and of course, a guy that spoke hardly any English that was like Indian or something. So... 
they called him up, but they figured out a way to screw him out of actually getting on stage because who knows what that would have done with the episode. And I sat there the whole time in the audience of The Price is Right and watched not a single person win a prize whatsoever. Nobody won. I'm talking every single person lost and left with zero. And even Drew at the end of this episode said, I have never witnessed such a poorly done Price is Right in regards to people winning in his entire career. He said he doesn't remember the last time somebody won nothing. And of course, it was the time that I was there. Now, I've been there twice, so I did see somebody win something another time. In fact, I was talking to the guy who ended up getting called on stage and winning a bunch of prizes. What did he win? Well, he was from San Diego, a young kid. Him and his buddy moved to La Jolla to go to school in the medical field. And he was like, hey, man, my buddy and I were best friends. We've gone everywhere together. We went to college together and moved here to San Diego. So we went up to L.A. to be on the prices right. It's always been our dream. And they did get, he did get called up. He did. What did he win? He won a snowmobile, ladies and gentlemen. It's like they, they purposely chose a San Diegan to win a snowmobile so that he... I mean, what's he going to do with this? How's he even going to get it back to his little dorm in college? He's screwed now. He doesn't have a place to put his snowmobile. Can't even probably drive it back with him. Not only that, there's no snow anywhere. He lives in San Diego. So I'm saying this now that I have a personal witness and a viewing of a live recording of The Price is Right. Boy, it is a scam. Everyone gets screwed. Don't waste your time. I'm just saying this so no one else will go, so that when I go again, I can possibly win. On the real, though, it's fun as hell. Do it. It's seriously fun. Bring all your friends. Everybody dress up the same. Do something kooky. I did it the second time around, and by God, I had a good time. So I watched that new show, Gordon Ramsay Uncharted, and a lot of people are trying to compare this to the Anthony Bourdain Parts Unknown and all the other shows he did that were awesome. And you can't even compare the two. It's not the same, all right? First of all, Chef Ramsay is in the kitchen, normally a dick. But outside of the kitchen, he's like the most caring and thoughtful and patient person you've ever met. It's crazy. Well, I mean, I've never met him, and neither of you most likely. But on the show, Gordon Ramsay, Uncharted, he is just a compassionate individual. He wants to soak in every bit of information culinary-wise, in every region he goes. And the same could be said about Anthony Bourdain. But he was in it to to ask these people, you know, why they live where they live and, you know, and how they've dealt with persecution over the years and political turmoil. And he went to places that none of us would go to. And you know what? Chef Ramsay, he goes to places I want to hit up. Every place I've seen him go on the Suncharted thing has been a absolute paradise. I'm trying to do that. That's a nice show. Good for you, sir. It's not the same as Bourdain. And let's face facts. Bourdain was the man. I loved that guy. He was able to level with any single human from any culture. They always respected him. He went into some dark and scary places and even traveled into some areas where I physically probably wouldn't have stayed alive going through some of the stuff he went to through. And Chef Ramsay, I'm sorry, you ain't got nothing on Bourdain, bro. However, it's still highly entertaining. It's a National Geographic documentary, if you haven't seen it. Gordon Ramsay Uncharted. Phenomenal show. Every show, 
Gordon Ramsay's on is great. Even that weird F-word thing that only lasted like a month. That thing was pretty good too. You know, I watched it. Obviously, Kitchen Nightmares up there. You know, Hell's Kitchen, awesome. Master Chef, and you know what? Master Chef Junior too. If you've never watched a season of Master Chef Junior, you will probably cry unless you hate kids and you won't like it at all. But if you do love kids and you're like me, you have compassion for kids, you know what it's like to have kids. This show, oh my gosh, it's so inspiring. It makes me wish I was a kid again and actually had some t sort of talent, but I did not, except for collaborating funds to get marijuana. However, if my kid just shows the, even the slightest interest in becoming a MasterChef Junior, I will sign him up for that show in a heartbeat because the experience you might have on that show could just be so wonderful, I cannot imagine. So check it out, MasterChef Junior and Chef Rams or Gordon Ramsay's Uncharted, both great shows. Rest in peace, Anthony Bourdain. I don't know what happened to Sharper Image. I remember they used to be in the mall everywhere, and they had all the coolest gadgets. And you could pretty much guarantee when you bought something from Sharper Image that it would last for a while, and it wasn't, you know, extremely cheaply made and just Chinese products that are crap. But you know what? My son received a toy car. It's an RC car that you can flip on either side, and it's supposed to go anyways from Sharper Image. Put in the batteries. Everything lit up. It doesn't move. I thought maybe you have to calibrate it or, or somehow connect the device or maybe you're supposed to use a smartphone to do something. Looked it all up. Nothing exists about it except a small information packet on what it entails and the instructions simply say to turn it on and go. It's a pile of crap. Now I expect more from Sharper Image. They used to be, you know, they used to provide an image of life that was sharper. And now... It's dull image. In fact, it's so blurry, I can't see the image at all. It could be anything. Because their products suck. I don't see any of their stores around anymore. Maybe they went out of business and this was a last last chance, you know, grab for cheap scenario. Whatever the case, it looks fancy, it's heavy, it takes a lot of batteries, and it does not work. Meanwhile, meanwhile I got my kid a remote control construction truck off of Groupon and it was like a handful of pennies and it came right away and it only takes two batteries and it works phenomenally. My kid has already smashed it against the wall, thrown it across the room and it still works perfectly. So are you to say that Groupon was able to provide a couple dollars worth of a car that works, a remote control vehicle that works just a million times better than the renowned company Sharper Image. Well, that's sad, folks. It looks like the torch has been passed. Now, who reigns supreme but a super trashy app that nobody orders crap off of except me, known as Groupon. Well, congratulations, Sharper Image. You're the dullest image we've ever set our eyes upon. Folks, it's time for the episode of the podcast. I am absolutely positive you've all been waiting for. It is Real Stories with Peter Gabbett, brought to you by Peter Timothy Hankston Barbecusion. Today, I am talking about a very special woman. In fact, to this day, I have nothing but love for her. She's my buddy's mom. 
We'll call my buddy Smythe, because that's what we call him anyways, but that's not his real name, so that's good enough cover. Smythe's mom, oh my gosh, she was the most feared of any mom in the universe when we were children. She was like a private investigator. Every time we were anywhere, I'm talking in the middle of the woods, in the middle of Oregon, having told nobody where we'd be, she would show up, I have no idea how, and catch us in the act of doing something wrong every single time. And here's one scenario that is exactly like that that happened to us. We used to smoke weed in cars everywhere, and we had our specific spots. Everyone did. When you're a kid and you're in a place where weed is not legal yet, you smoke in a car somewhere, you huddle down. If something weird happens, you just drive away. Uh, One of these specific circumstances... We were in a buddy of mine, we'll call him Matt, and this guy Matt had a 1980s uh, Ford Bronco Eddie Bauer edition, tore up, I mean the inside was ripped to shreds, the outside didn't look that bad, but it was on its way out big time, so we used and abused it as our smoking automobile. We blazed in this thing everywhere we went. And a specific spot we used to enjoy blazing was something we would call Triangle Park. Now, there was no real name for this place. It wasn't even a park at all. It was simply a patch of grass that had three trees in the shape of a triangle. So we were certain, as it was in my neighborhood and not even in Smythe's neighborhood, that his mother would never ever know or find out what Triangle Park was because it was almost the the most encoded message uh, describing a park you could possibly have. So we would say to one another on the phone, hey, let's meet at Triangle Park, or whatever. And one of the days that we were set to meet at Triangle Park, I had a small amount of weed, maybe a couple bowls, but Smythe, he had just purchased a huge bag of bud, and it was super dank. I'm talking like as dank as you can get when you're a young lad, which I don't even know if that's dank, but it was for us. Super dank, bud. We lived in Oregon. All street weed was good at that time, even for youngsters like us. We're probably 13, maybe 14 years old, and we're in my buddy's truck. We're all gathered up. We get to the spot. We also called it the spot sometimes. We didn't even call it Triangle Park after a while. We just called it the spot. So I have no idea how anyone in the world would have known what we are talking about except us. So me and a handful of dudes are in this truck or, you know, Bronco, whatever you want to call it. It wasn't really a truck. We're smoking. We're smoking. Smythe's packing bowls one after another. And I always joked, no matter where we went, I would say, Smythe, your mom. You know, I would shout that just to freak him out because, it, you know, it would happen in the weirdest places. I'm talking the craziest places you could imagine. At a party in the middle of Oregon City, super far out of the way from Portland, and I would say, Smythe, your mom, and she would be there. She was just a magical woman in her ability to find where her son was doing things that were in, that were illegal and not correct. And in this specific case, as a joke, I said, Smythe, your mom, as he was hitting a pipe of weed, and sure enough, out of nowhere, like Batman flying down from a tall building, his mom just shows up at the window of the Eddie, Bra- Eddie Bauer edition Bronco with her face right at the window where Smythe is smoking, pierce her eyes directly on him as he takes a hit. He looks up and OMG, it is his scary ass mom. And you know what? 
I'm not saying she's not a uh, a good-looking woman. You know, I'm sure in her day she was beautiful. In fact, you can kind of tell that she was a pretty woman, you know, when she was uh, when she was a bit younger. But she was a scary-looking lady when we were kids, man. She did not have the look of somebody who was understanding or you know, or compassionate towards what you were doing, she looked like she was gonna rip you a new asshole because she was. And she wouldn't take no crap either. If you're if you're her kid or not, she'll still rip you a new asshole. She don't give a damn. And sure enough, she just reaches in and pulls Smythe out of the vehicle and screams at him in front of us and takes his bag of weed and dumps it all over the bark dust in front of us and then throws him into his car and drives off. So what do I do? Well, I do what any friend would do. I go through the bark dust and pick all the bud out that Smythe got screwed on, and I smoke that shit. Hell, it wasn't my mom. In fact, this was one of the few occasions where his mom didn't call my mom and tell her what I was doing, too. She, in fact, just left and planned on doing whatever she wanted to do to Smythe, but that didn't, that didn't regard me. That had nothing to do with me because I had all of Smythe's weed now. He called me later that night and was like, Hey, man. I'm sure you guys picked up all that weed on the uh, street. You know, it'd be cool if I could smoke some. And I was like, nah, 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 nah. We left it there, man. Your mom destroyed it. It was all mixed up in the bark dust. There's no way we could smoke any of it. That's a complete lie. It was just like as nicely placed on top of the bark dust as possible to where you could easily grab the... I mean, I basically saved a little kid from finding weed on the street that day. So, you know, props to me for helping society. In the end, I will say this. Smythe's mom, I'm still scared of you. So congratulations on setting a real sense of fear into your child and his friends. You did well. And believe it or not, Smythe is actually a very, very, uh, you know, decent member of society. He works construction. He busts his butt. He helps build what we all live in. And that is a great way to pay back your debt to society. Uh, I don't really believe he has a debt to society, but his mom always did. So, you know, you're making your mother proud. Smite's mom. Damn, you're a scary woman. And folks, I'm going to end this podcast today with a quick bit of information that will help you in your daily life. When you're thinking, man, I got to get a drink. Or dang, I should do some blow this weekend. Or fuck, I should really get into some shrooms. Forget about all that, folks. Just listen to Devin the Dude. All we need, we got which is weed. And here it is, the king of all weed-related songs, Devin the Dude. All you need is weed and nothing else. Sit back and roll one and enjoy yourself. All them other narcotics fuck up your health. Yeah, yeah. All you need All is you weed need. and nothing else. Sit back and roll one and enjoy yourself. All the other narcotics fuck up your health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All you need is what you GOT. Hopefully it ain't E, it ain't PCP. Hopefully it's sobriety and not codeine. Alphabet Dashy with Mr. DEV, the D U D E. Coffee Brother E X E C. Just as I am with Dan D. Fifth Warden A, leave Dan Street, Club Creek, Spice Lane. To all the killers who knows full of cane. To all the underclassmen who rose from the frame. To those who never has been thinking they time came. To all of those who wanna be really thinking they are, even though they really.
reached their limit and took it too far This for those who are really thinking they focus Never up the nose, dipping cigarettes is bogus All we need, we roll it, inhale and hold it Exhale, cause hell, all we need, we smoke it All you need is weed and nothing else Sit back and roll one and enjoy yourself All them other narcotics fuck up your health Yeah, yeah All you need is weed and nothing else Sit back and roll one and enjoy yourself All them other narcotics fuck up your health yeah, yeah, yeah. I got an old school partner, he smoked crack He's fierce with the lyrics, but he probably won't come back to the studio Because he might be out creeping In somebody's house trying to clean him out, Steven I know another nigga, he smoked fry He always cry, but we don't know why We tried to give him advice, but he wouldn't take it Saw him last Wednesday walking down the street naked and My homeboy used to holler, but he's out there snorting powder Hour after hour, but he never take a shower And I guess it's cool if you can handle your thing But it's kinda fucked up if you dismantle your brain Like my nigga poking his veins with tracks in his arm He ain't real cool, but he's always calm He disappear real quick and shoot up one deep Try to pass from the weed, the nigga sleep All you need is weed and nothing else Sit back and roll one and enjoy yourself All them other narcotics fuck up your health yeah, yeah. All you need is weed and nothing else. Sit back and roll one and enjoy yourself. All the other narcotics yeah. fuck up your health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I smoke weed till I cough and choke I blow good green fresh off the boat I get so high you can smell it in my clothes Wake up in the morning first thing I do is pray Then I'm lighting up the drove Me and my niggas pass it around like give and go Some pop X pills and some sniff coke Other niggas sip lean Addicted to amphetamines A lot of niggas get drunk turn reckless on the scene Me, I don't like to put my business in the street All I do is get high, I avoid the beef A lot of dudes get high and turn stitch on a team Schoolboy got habits But nothing like a crack fiend I'm something like Amsterdam With coffee shop dreams The menu is overloaded With nothing but exotic green I got the munchies It's a must that I eat So sit back and zone out To Devin singing on the beat All you need is weed And nothing else Sit back and roll one And enjoy yourself All them other narcotics Fuck up your health Yeah, yeah All you need is weed And nothing All the other narcotics fuck up your health Yeah, yeah, yeah